0: Well, my brothers and sisters, today I've got a very simple message for you all. I'm going to kind of springboard off of what Deacon Greg did last Sunday in the adult uh, speaker session that he was uh, invited to. He he spoke at that time about the Bible, loving the Bible, and teaching your children to love the Bible. So I've got a really simple message kind of springboard off of him, and that is simply, this is the Bible, read it. I could probably I could sit down right now. That really is my message. Read the Bible. It's an amazing, amazing gift from God to us. It's like a personal love letter that He wrote to each one of us individually. Um, and I absolutely love uh, sacred scripture. Absolutely love the Bible. I mean, I, I physically like hug my Bible, and I'm not kidding. I hug my Bible. I kiss it. I mean, I absolutely love the Word of God. Um, I spent a number of years, I mean over well over twenty years really kind of dedicating myself to studying sacred scripture. I think one of the most memorable times of my life, honestly, I think I was in my early twenties, maybe twenty-one or so, and I kind of I I worked throughout the course of the school year while while I was taking my classes in college, and then I, I intentionally saved up enough money that I could just kind of cruise through the summer without getting a summer job. And I literally spent all summer studying the New Testament in the original language. And it was really one of the most memorable times of my whole life. Um, Being able to have the privilege to spend time with the Word of God is a gift that we can never underestimate. You know, our, our separated brothers and sisters in the Protestant traditions... They really, they've got something good going on. They really do. One of, the, one of the mistakes that they do make is they have an overconfidence in the ability of the individual to basically infallibly interpret the, the Bible. The Bible's a big book. It's very complicated. Um, and so that is a kind of a mistake that they make. But on the other hand, they've got something that they emphasize, which is really good, and that is the power of the Word of God to really grasp the heart of the individual and transform it and change it and speak to it. That's a truth, and we affirm that as Catholics. We absolutely, unconditionally uh, affirm that as a truth. That the, the written Word of God, the Bible, has the ability to grasp the heart of its individual reader and illuminate and lead it to truth and then to transform us from the inside out. In our scriptures that we heard today, we've got this theme of blessing. Big, big emphasis on blessing. So in Jeremiah, in contrast to the, 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 curse of the, the curse of the man who trusts in the flesh, you've got Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And then especially in our responsorial psalm, which is the first psalm of the Book of Soldiers, my favorite psalm, almost my favorite Psalm, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path that sinners tread, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight. Is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Isn't that, that's an amazing thing. Okay, so there's this blessing upon the person that meditates upon the law of God day and night. And then Christ has his a version, of, of the Lucan version of the Beatitudes in our gospel today. So we see the, the blessing, this theme of blessing all throughout our readings. Blessing in the Bible is a very big theme. We go back to the very first chapter of the Bible to Genesis chapter 1, and all throughout God's creation, it says that he created something and then he blessed it, and he saw that it was good and he blessed it. It's constant refrain all throughout Genesis chapter 1, big emphasis on blessing, God's blessing in the world. But then the problem comes two chapters later in Genesis 3, where we see the advent of sin in the world, we see the entrance of sin, of human sin into the world. And as opposed to the blessing, what happens as a consequence is a curse. So God says to Adam, Adam Cursed is the ground. You will toil over it all the days of your life, trying to bring forth your food from it, until you return to the earth, for dust you are and to dust you shall return. So there's this curse that God brings on the world, or that at least He permits to come into the world as a result of human sin. And so when Christ comes in the gospel, his very first sermon, the famous Sermon on the Mount, it begins with the Beatitudes. The word Beatitudes is just a fancy Latin rooted uh, based word that means blessing. Okay? So Christ has come to restore that blessing that human sin erased with a curse. And we know from St. Paul and Galatians that Christ took upon himself the curse of sin when he hung on the cross so that we could be recipients and heirs of that original blessing that God wanted us to have. But isn't it amazing to think about this, though? If we go back to our key text today, the first psalm, that the curse that's on the world can be avoided or obviated or, or at least mitigated by the blessing of reading the Bible. Think about that. You know, we have a serious problem in the world, all throughout the world. All you got to do is read... The the papers. All you got to do is watch the internet. All you got to do is is look at the news. We've got so many problems and issues all over the world, and our solution is oftentimes uh, our solutions are oftentimes just futile. We throw tons of money at uh, problems. We th- we throw tons of social engineering and and uh, new programs and new politics and all of this stuff. And it's really all a futile attempt to deal with the curse, with the result of human sin. And isn't it amazing that with all that human effort that's totally wasted, all we've got to actually do is each one of us as individuals read the Bible. Blessed is the man. That's how we obviate the curse. That's how we, we avoid the curse. That's how we lift the curse from this world. It's through meditating slow, prayerful, meditating upon sacred scripture. I I think you know, as a priest, not really I I had this happen before I was ordained, before I was ordained even in the diaconate. I was working in a a parish in Greece outside of Rochester as a layman and I was teaching a course on the church fathers. The church fathers now are the most ancient Catholic theologians in our tradition, going back to the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth centuries, okay, of the Christian era. And I was teaching a whole course on them, And uh, You know, it was a great course, and people were getting a lot out of it. And there was this one gentleman there, I'll never forget, his name was Jose. And it was about midway through the course, and I was teaching, and I said as a side note. I said, you know, as important as all of this material is, you know what's more important and more effectual for the transformation of our lives as Christians is reading the Bible every day. It's the words of the Bible, the the inspired words of sacred Scripture. And that he told me after he told me afterwards that that sidebar comment I made struck him like absolute lightning. He's like, "Wait a second. Here's this guy putting all this emphasis into the church fathers. Huge amounts of time and years and hours of study of all these theologians, and he just says, by the by, the Bible's more important. The Bible's more powerful. The inspired word of God is really where it's at." He said, "Wow. If he put that much emphasis into the church fathers, And they they don't compare to the Bible. How much more important is the Bible? So he started reading the Bible every day. And he contacted me years later. He says, you know, from that comment you made, I'm still reading the Bible every day. It's completely transformed my life. I have to say, that's one of the most kind of memorable things that's ever happened to me in public ministry. And if I could influence even one of us today to transform your life in that manner, I, I would be feel like I'm doing my job. So there's a little method that we have as Catholics in our tradition. It's called Lectio Divina. And I'll just briefly speak about it. It's got four stages to it. And it's a simple way of getting the most out of the Bible so that we really are transformed in the interior man. And that is, the first step is simply reading the Bible. You place yourself in a situation that's quiet. Okay? That's tough sometimes to find, but usually early in the mornings is a good time to do that, or late at night. Place yourself in a situation that's quiet. Okay, come to church, you can do it. Great church is a great place to do it. And you read. You pray to God, you open up your heart to the Holy Spirit, you say, the Holy Spirit, guide me, speak to me, and you read. You spend a few minutes reading. So reading, and then you meditate. Meditation is nothing deep and profound and crazy and mystical. It's just simply thinking about what you read, slowly reading and turning over in your minds what you've read. And then thirdly, you pray. What you've read and what you've meditated on will spontaneously, naturally turn into prayers. Oh, Lord, now I see this one lack that I have in my character, or whatever it might be. Please give me the grace to make good on this kind of, uh, you know, chink in my armor, okay? Please give me the grace to make, make it up, all right, so that I will grow in this particular weakness or this whatever this is, okay? Lord, I love you. Grant me the grace of faith. Grant me perseverance until the very end. Grant me understanding so that I might see the wisdom that's in your sacred Just simple prayers like that. And then finally, the fourth stage is called contemplation. That's not something that we can plan or do of our own accord, but it's a gift that comes to us from the Holy Spirit. And what it does is it makes the word of God completely alive in our hearts such that we almost taste it. We have this relish for it. We come into contact, into spiritual union with the Word. And it transforms us. It conforms our wills to God's will. And then we go out and we're changed. And the curse that's all throughout the world because of human sin is lifted all that much better because we are able to bring the lights of Christ into the world and His Word. We've been transformed. Now we can go out and... and uh, from our meditation and our prayer, now we go into action and we live our lives as Christians and as examples of people whose lives have been touched by the Word of God. So my brothers and sisters, in closing, that's simply my message. Please, read the scriptures. There's a few tools that we have okay, available to us. at the uh, at, In the vestibule on the table at the left-hand side, you'll find this little sheet of paper that goes over the whole process of Lectio Divina. I encourage you to... To get one of those. Also, too, what I do, what I've been using in the past year is this little um, read the Bible in a year program. So just a little pamphlet, and it basically breaks down the whole Bible so that you can read the whole thing in a year. If you want to just read the New Testament in a year, that's actually what I'm doing. It's five minutes a day. That's it. Five minutes a day. You could read the whole New Testament in a year. And you keep doing that every year, you know, 20 years, you've read the New Testament 20 times. It's pretty good. Okay? So these you can find on the on the rack in the back in the pamphlet rack. So uh, there's probably I don't know maybe 35 or 40 of them. But you know I encourage you if you're interested in that kind of structured method of reading the Bible, go and go and grab one of these. Um, also I'd say that we we have a reminder we have our Bible study uh, at the last Thursday of the month um, at two o'clock in the afternoon. You can ask those who go to that they'll tell you it's very well worth it. And then finally, I'd say just a little advice on translations. Um, I wish I could. If I had three thousand bucks, I'd order a hundred of these very nice revised standard uh, Catholic edition Bibles that are large print. Okay, what I find as a real problem is the small print of the Bibles. That vast majority of people, especially as you get older and your eyesight's not so good, they really enjoy the large print. But even people whose eyesight's are fine, they enjoy the large print Bibles. Without tons and tons of annotations and footnotes, and so the revised standard version, Catholic edition, large print, really I think is the way to go. That's what I recommend to most people. It's a really classy translation. Um, it's not awkward or weird. It s- flows very, very smoothly, and yet it stays true to the original languages. It's very, very. It's a very tight translation, and uh, and with a large print edition without all the busyness. Pictures and bells and whistles and footnotes and whatnot. It really is a a great aid to reading. So that's what I recommend for for your daily meditation on scripture.